advertising, content marketing, social media marketing, e-commerce, and data. What do these marketing technologies have in common? Well, all of them are poised for serious disruption as their blockchain equivalents are beginning to surface. Today, we welcome Donnie Devoren of Never Stop Marketing to the show to examine the blockchain MarTech landscape. We'll also recap our experience at Consensus 2019 and perhaps sing a lyric or two from a Beatles song. It's a hard day's night of work in the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. So welcome to episode number 269 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, So did you did you say it was a hard day's night in the Republic yeah. of Bad Cryptopia? That's what I said. Hey, just let it be, man. Just let it be. This is episode yes. number two sixty nine. <laughs> Speaking words of wisdom, right there, brother. Mm, look at all the lonely people. Mm, it's true. We're not lonely. Welcome. Uh, hey, listen, you're not lonely because you got a ticket to ride. That's true. That's true. And you got bad crypto in your ear holes. Mm, and that's all you really need. It's the show for the crypto curious and crypto serious, and we are fresh. Off Consensus 2019 in New York City, our first time. We are no longer Consensus Voyagens, Mr. Travis Wright. That's true. That is true. That was a great time, Mr. Joel Calm. We ran, not only did we run into some amazing people, we also ran into some amazing people. Yeah, and we've got words and things and thoughts to talk about. But first, let's give a shout out to our sponsor at Blue Share. The BlueShare security tokens, BSTs, for those who like their acronyms, are the tokenized equity capital participation shares of the Interprom Mining AG. That's that Swiss-based consolidated company. They're among the first businesses in the world that offer traditional equity capital participation shares on the Ethereum blockchain. Okay, you got capital appreciation, you got dividends, you got your mobility, you got your security, and you got your liquidity if you're a stakeholder, this is Next Gen Stuff. We're glad they're our sponsor. And of course, you can go back a couple episodes and listen to the interview we did with one of their advisors. If you want a deep dive on it, but just go to the website. Check it out at www.blueshare.io. Yeah, y'all. Good stuff. Um, Mr. Joe Comp, one thing that's cool about today's interview is that it's with Donnie Dvorin, who is with Never Stop Marketing. And we ran into the CEO of Never Stop Marketing, Jeremy Epstein, at the event. And we had some great conversation. And I tell you what, folks, if you are in advertising and you are in marketing or you manage any sort of advertising ads or ad spend, or maybe you do display ads or ads on YouTube or different ads in different places, mobile ads, that whole space is going to evolve and change mega over these next 12 months 24 months they already are and jeremy was telling us about some solutions and case studies with different advertising technologies built on blockchain that's just eliminating all of the ad fraud and that's such a huge thing within advertising is that you know some of these ad networks 20 30 even 50 percent in some cases on mobile ad networks 100 percent of the clicks are fraud and uh, there was a big study by Tune, a mobile advertising network study that happened uh, last year that talked about the majority of them. There's so many, over half of them, the clicks are completely fake. But with blockchain, it eliminates that, Mr. Joel Com. 
Indeed it does. And I located the episode we did with Jeremy Epstein. It was back in episode 51. So if you go to badco.in forward slash 051, that happened in November 18th, 2017, a good year and a half ago. And if you want to see the links for today's show, they're in the show notes at badco.in forward slash 269. And you can check that out. Since we're already talking this MarTech, why don't we get to the interview and then we can recap Consensus 2019 afterwards. Ross Ulbricht is serving a double life sentence without parole for all nonviolent charges. He is a first-time offender and no victims were named at trial. Ross is condemned to die in a cage because he made a website called Silk Road that allowed people to exchange what they chose using Bitcoin as long as no third party was harmed. Please help Sign and share the petition at freeross.org to commute Ross's sentence and bring him home. Travis, you've been a leading MarTech specialist for a number of years. And when you keynote in MarTech events, you show this infographic that it, that, that basically is a visualization of the MarTech landscape. And it is absolutely packed with logos. Yeah, I mean, that thing was set up by Scott Brinker. Uh, I think he started back in 2010 or 2011. First one he had had about 100 or so, 150 in it. And each year it's, it's, it's grown exponentially to the fact that this year, the year 2019, there's over 7,000 different marketing and advertising technologies out there. And if you're a marketing technologist, there's no way for you to know every single one of those. It's, it's a big challenge. I mean, I think... Whenever I worked at Semantic uh, for, Nor- for the Norton brand and then whenever I started CCP Digital, I think I've seen maybe 12 to 1,500 demos of various different marketing technologies, and that's a lot. I don't know anybody who would know all of them, but now what's happening is a lot of these marketing technologies are moving over into the blockchain space, and that's exciting. There's a lot of, there's a lot of companies popping up in here. Mm-hmm. We're about to see infographic disruption because there's a new infographic graphic that we've discovered on NeverStopMarketing.com that has been put out by Donnie DeVoren, who is our guest today. He's an experienced ad tech sales manager and marketing consultant with 19 years of experience in both media and advertising. He's an SVP of sales at Acuity Ads and, and also the GM at Never Stop Marketing, where he leads research webinars, podcasts, blockchain immersion days, works with Fortune 500 companies, and the dude knows the MarTech space, and, and probably nobody knows better in the blockchain world. So Donnie, welcome to Bad Crypto. Joel and Travis, thank you for having me on today. I appreciate it. It's almost like deja vu, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so this, uh, this piece of uh, data that I'm looking at right here on your website at Never Stop Marketing, I, I don't think that people realize just how fast and furious disruption is coming because I already see how, how many um, icons, how many logos are on this graphic? So right now there are about 290. Uh, two years ago when we started this project, there were 22. A year ago, there were 88. And like I just said, now there's just under 300. That's a lot of stuff going on here. I mean, I, I think... I think, what, this is the third time you guys have updated it, I believe? That's correct, yep. Yeah, I remember seeing Jeremy's presentation in 2017 when there was maybe a handful on there. And uh, you could easily predict it and say, 
more and more companies are going to be popping into these spots. And, and now there's, there's people in every one of them. So there are, it looks like seven main areas here on the marketing technology landscape. There's programmatic advertising, decentralized advertising, content marketing tools, social marketing tools, uh, e-commerce type tools, data tools, and management platforms. And it's really exciting to see. So, so of these tools that are listed here on the landscape, how many of them are fully baked and ready to go, would you say? So that's an interesting question. We're actually writing an article right now um, for the programmatic advertising space. There's about seven to 10 companies right now that uh, marketers can use that are fully baked. Uh, when you look across the spectrum at uh, data, there's a few more there. But overall, there is a lot of work in progress ac- across the board. All this talk of uh, being fully baked makes me want a donut or something like that. <laughs> you guys are making me hungry. You know, the one that, the ones that really interest me the most are the ones that um, relate to my background in content marketing, in e-commerce, in social marketing. And I just want to get right to the elephant in the uh, living room because the elephant's name is Mark Zuckerberg right? And, and Jack Dorsey, he's another elephant. And, you know, these guys with Twitter and Facebook and the very centralized social media giants are causing a bit of a stir. Of course, those uh, who listen to the show know that we are very free speech oriented and there's some serious issues that are going on at Facebook. And so, you know, how poised do you think the social media space is to be significantly disrupted by some of these that we see here and which ones are on your radar? Yeah, the ones that are my radar now, like, you know, people talk about Steam a lot where you're getting rewarded uh, for the distribution or for uploading different content and people, um, you know, commenting on that content. You know, as far as your question about significantly being disrupted, I think it's going to be a few years out. If, if you look at Facebook right now, they just, you know, they got trademarks for, for the Libra coin. They're going to be having their own currency, similar to what, which goes on in China. So I think, you know, Facebook is going, you know, it's billions of users are using it. It's going to take a while for a smaller uh, project like Steema to catch up to, to Facebook. But what, do, what do you think that, that coin is going to be? You said like China, and I don't know that we have that much information yet about what Libra is actually going to do. So I think at first it's going to be a cryptocurrency in the sense that you can exchange monetary value. So um, if I am looking at or if I want to you know, just buy something, I could use that coin. But where we're going is you know, there's a project called um, Kin and Kick. And what you're able to do with the Kin token is buy different things. You want to buy an emoji or you want to tip a game developer. You're able to do that right in the app. So imagine Facebook. You're using Facebook Messenger. You want to buy something in there, and you'll be able to use what they're potentially calling the Libra coin to do that. So I think that that's where it's going to start. Now, it's to be seen if it's going to be just like Brave. Or with Brave, you're rewarded as a consumer when you see different advertising, and also they protect your privacy. So we all know that Facebook has a lot of issues with privacy, um, and Mark Zuckerberg has talked about that and is trying to fix that. But it's to be seen if you're going to get rewarded in some type of cryptocurrency when you, you, when you view an ad like you do in Brave. It's an interesting time. I mean, I think you said that too, Mr. Joe Com, that what, Mark Zuckerberg is the elephant? In the room, is that what he said? Yes. Yeah, he's 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 like he's Dumbo, only he can't yeah. fly. 
That reminds me of a joke that my my brother, he's he's mentally handicapped. This is one of his favorite jokes of all time. He goes, What do you get when you cross an elephant and a rhinoceros? Elephino. That's a good uh, joke. <laughs> and he likes that joke. He's his other one. This is one of his two jokes he has. Um and so I, I want to actually talk about some programmatic advertising type stuff and decentralized ads because there's a whole lot of fraud that happens in advertising, right? Mm-hmm. And I know uh, Tune had did a big um, they did a big case study about all these mobile advertising platforms and you know the vast majority of them was just rife with fraud. I mean, some of them 100% fraud, right? A lot of them, at least some percentage of fraud. Of all of them that they had checked out, only four of them had zero fraud mm-hmm. out of like 80. <laughs> or maybe more. I don't even remember exactly how many, but it was Tune Mobile Ad Fraud Report. You can find it online. Crazy to me to know that so much fraud is happening. It's me, blockchain and programmatic advertising and decentralized advertising seems to be a match made in heaven. Now, we had ran into your cohort there, uh, Jeremy Epstein at Consensus, and he was telling us about a really interesting one that was happening with Lucidity. Mm-hmm. And and the case study that's going on with that. So you want to maybe maybe talk about that because I think that this right here shows how powerful blockchain advertising platforms are compared to the traditional ad agency platforms and what they use, because of the business result that ended up happening at the end of it. Is that something you guys can maybe talk about? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the latest reports are showing that there's about $19 billion a year in in fraud across programmatic advertising or digital advertising in general. And so there's obviously a a trust problem between consumers, publishers, advertisers, where there's almost like a leaky part of the boat where there's money going out to fraudsters. So one of the main issues in our area is domain spoofing. So you may be having a site that looks like the New York Times, but it could be a, a, a Russian ring that actually put up a, a site that looks just like the New York Times, but it's actually not. And so when the ads show up there, uh, the money will go to, to that Russian ring. And, and, and I'm saying because that's actually one that's called Methbot, and they actually did that. And so you, know, you mentioned Lucidity is, is a great example. And so what you're able to do is you're have, able to have a shared ledger. You know, so the blockchain allows you to see all the impressions, all the clicks, and follow the ads through the programmatic supply chain. So you can see where potentially um, there are fake clicks that are not going to the right places. You have the ability to remove uh, middlemen if there are middlemen that you haven't seen. And there's a bunch of companies doing this on, on the landscape. So Amino is another example of that. They're tracking the money that goes through the supply chain down to the impression level. So you can see where all your money is flowing through. Another um, example in the fraud area is Rebel AI. So they're able to cryptographically seal creative. And so the only uh, other company that would open up that creative is the publisher on the other end from the advertiser with a public and private key set. So there's a bunch of different ways where we can um, eliminate fraud. You know, we mentioned the uh, the Brave browser, and that is something that both Travis and I are um, enjoying. And I've actually imported all my bookmarks from Chrome. I really want to get away from Google because with with Google and and you know the other um, social giants, we are the product, right? We're what's being sold, and our privacy, uh, you know, our data, our information. But with these uh, decentralized apps such as uh, such as brave uh, um, this is a privacy browser right and they claim that they're going to reward people 
for the ads they see if they choose to see them with this basic attention token. Can you explain a little bit of how that works? Absolutely, yeah. So right now, um, when you're using Facebook, when you're using Google, they're not protecting your privacy. So you know, Google is a good example. Um, whenever you're doing a search, they see all those different results and can target you. And they have something called the Google Display Network that uses a lot of your searches online and your navigation to track you. So Brave, on the flip side, is not doing that type of tracking. There are no third-party uh, uh, trackers uh, on your browser when you're using that. Uh, they're not using cookies to tr follow you up across the web, um, but they do see some of your navigation when, when, you're, when you're on their browser. So what they're doing is there's, when you see an ad, and right now it's notifications that come up, so like when you would see a calendar invite, that's the way the ads look right now. And when you view those ads, you're rewarded with the basic attention token. So that's... Uh, Brave's cryptocurrency. And so I, as a user, can get 70% of the advertising dollars. So if Pepsi comes in and they're spending a million dollars with ads through the Brave browser, $700,000 will go back to me as, as a consumer. And so they're basically, you know, they're using Ethereum, they're, they're mini smart contracts that when I see an ad, I get rewarded with Brave. And again, like you just said, it protects my, my, my privacy, and they're not reselling that data to another third party. I'm looking at your, your um, blockchain marketing technology landscape, and it said, I guess this is actually sponsored by Brave. So you guys are, work, are you guys working together with them? That's right. It's good to call out there. I, I should mention that. Yep. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. You had said that, um, you know, you use our, our landscape. Well, when Brandon Ike was, does presentations, and, and I've seen some of their decks, our, this, this landscape is, is also mentioned because... There are so many middlemen when you're buying programmatic advertising from the DSP to the DMP, which is a data management platform. There's the SSP, which is the supply. Um, it's not a straight relationship between the advertiser and the publisher. It goes through a lot of different steps. With Brave, it, it, it takes it out. And so they you know, see this, this uh, example of, of landscape is an ability to take out a lot of those middlemen. So they know that this landscape is being printed out at agencies, at marketers, it's being used. And so they want it to be part of it. And uh, when you print it out, their one sheet prints out on the back. Very nice. Yeah, so I'm looking at this thing here. And, and so, you know, as you mentioned, the, DM, the DMPs and all the different, you know, connectivity, uh, you know, components that fit in with, a, with, a, with an advertising or a marketing technology stack. I mean, it, it, it's so interesting because then you got to feed the data in and then you got to make sure your data is clean. And then, you know, you're doing all kinds of different stuff. What does, what does a, uh, maybe a really smooth programmatic advertising stack look like in the blockchain world? Because, you know, maybe you're going through and you're saying, okay, we want to make sure there's no fraud. So you're using lucidity and then maybe, you know, you're, you're, you're tracking your ads through mad hive or something else. I mean, what, what, what's, have you seen, how are these, how are these, um, these uh, tools working together. Sure. So if you think about, you know, Bitcoin as an example, it's a peer-to-peer -peer transfer of an economic value without a middleman. It creates, you know, that trust that you don't need a bank. So the future of advertising using blockchain is that direct connection from the advertiser to the publisher. So an example of that would be Nyax. They're doing upfront media where a publisher can basically puts their inventory up on an exchange. They actually use NASDAQ exchange as well as smart contracts and, and, um, and, and blockchain. 
And so an advertiser can go and they can buy that upfront media. And it, it actually gets really interesting because then they could buy upfront media for 2020 or 2021. And then and they may use it, that agency may use it, or they could resell it on an exchange to, to, use, it, to use it later on. And you know, another area, as you mentioned, you know, what, what does programmatic advertising look like? So data. Like right now, you're going to um, you know, huge data companies out there. It could be Nielsen. It could be Experian. It, it could be Oracle Data Cloud. And when you're buying this data, you don't know where it came from. You don't, you know, when you're on different websites and you say, I consent to use, um, you know, to, to, to track me and use cookies, and that gives permission to that one publisher, but what's that publisher doing with that data and where is that going? So there are projects right now like Killy and Srax where you download one of these apps and then you can choose which data you want to share. I want to share that I'm married and with three kids and I live in Connecticut. And, and so I say yes. And then I can see where that data is being shared. And then just like we we're talking about Brave getting rewarded, now I'm going to be rewarded as a consumer for sharing some of that data. And so those are just a couple other examples of um, you know, what advertising will look like in the future. So then let's tie in a couple of these other areas that, you know, for me, I've been deeply in, involved in. And one of them is content marketing itself, right, of all different forms, you know, whether it's the written word or, or audio, like, you know, podcasts such as this or videos. I'm familiar with a couple of the services that I see on here, like Library, the L-B-R-Y, you know, coin, but a lot of these are brand new to me and I'm like where did all these come from and, and if these are just the ones that you know if I hadn't heard of these how many more are you know a year from now are going to be on here yeah so what I do is I set up a Google alert for blockchain and advertising blockchain and content marketing and you'd be surprised how many um, new companies are popping up and so whenever I read an article about one of them I simply add it to the uh, to the landscape and on the flip side, there are companies that had some press a year and a half ago or two years ago, but they haven't necessarily tweeted or done any type of social media or any, any new information for the past year, and I'll start removing the, those logos. But to your point about you know, content marketing, there is a project called Poet. You had just mentioned Library. Uh, right now, and it extends so much bigger than just marketing, but it's, it's rights of, you know, someone creates a music file, somebody has a piece of artwork, you know, blockchain gives you the ability to track who uses that. So, you know, right now, if I were to send you an MP3 or a music file, I would keep a copy on my computer and then you would have a copy as well, but it doesn't go, it just doesn't transfer from me to you. And then I don't have the copy anymore. So in the, in, I mean, it's a, it's a perfect example with Bitcoin. You know, once I transfer a Bitcoin from me to you, I don't have it anymore and you do. So imagine a world where it's the same thing with music files, or maybe it's an article that I wrote or any type of marketing content. You can follow it through the, I'll use supply chain. Again, you can follow where it's going. Uh, you know, you mentioned Poet, so I pulled it up. It's P-O dot E-T. I didn't even know there was an E-T extension. 
So I, you know, phonehome.et, I suppose somebody needs that. The decentralized protocol for content ownership, discovery, and monetization. They're building an open universal ledger that records immutable and time-stamped information about your creative content and uses their protocols uh, for media and publishing. So, you know, that means if I create a, uh, for a, a photo, right, I'm, I'm sure that that's considered content as well. So is it like when you upload a photo that it's adding this digital watermark to it on blockchain? Is that how that works? That's right. You're, you're basically a, you're validating that you have ownership uh, of it. And so when it goes to other sources, um, you'll see that you were the original owner and that someone didn't copy that whatever it was, that, that content. All right. So, so I think that, that one of the things that's really interesting to me about, you know, well, we've talked about this before, like with STOs or with, with, with some of the loyalty type of stuff. Like I always imagine like, wow, it sure would have been cool if in the year 2001, when I bought that original MacBook back in the day for two grand or three grand or whatever it was, if I had actually gotten Apple stock with it too, right? It's like a little bit of a, a little bit of a pat on the back and hey, thank you for supporting us. Not only do you get our product, but here you get a little bit of some, some. So if our company increases in value, you get some of that value instead of us having a hundred billion dollars sitting in the bank account. Right. And thank you. Thank you. So what are, what are we looking at moving forward? Cause I, I know I've heard of some sports teams doing some really cool stuff uh, around loyalty. Like, you know, you, you, you know, maybe you, you join us on this, or you tweet us this, or you come to our game here, or you do this, or you buy this and you're earning points. And then maybe you can do a video call with one of the, one of the stud players on the team or something. And uh, so there's some cool stuff that I've seen. What are some things that you've seen when it comes to loyalty and brands and blockchain? Yeah. So, so one of the issues is like, you know, we think about airline, like I, I may fly United, but I only fly them once and I get, you know, 8,000 miles, but I'm really a, a Delta person. Well, well, what do I do with those 8,000 miles? And then they want me to like force me to like buy a magazine or something. And I don't want a magazine delivered to my house. And right. so imagine a world where you have some loyalty points and you can exchange them to to something that you actually want to buy. Um, so a good example of this, and, and we'll go back to Brave just for example, uh, just for a second. So with, with Brave, you're collecting all these basic attention tokens. They have a relationship with TAP. Now TAP has access to 250,000 retailers. And when you're using those retailers, you're getting TAP coins. And then you could con- easily in the back end, and a consumer wouldn't even see this, you can convert your basic attention tokens to tap and then use them across any of those retailers. And it really you know, takes care of this problem where you're having uh, all these buckets of loyalty coins. You may have you know, up to 20 different, uh, different companies where you have, you're entered into their loyalty program. Imagine being able to convert them to the loyalty coin of your choice and then using them at the Apple store or taking your family out to a restaurant. So the, just the ability to consolidate points um, is, is a game changer. And so, you know, you talk about brands. So you bought that Apple computer. Now every single brand can participate and have a loyalty program. Uh, but then people know that they can easily exchange it. And I'm going to want to use the brands that offer me loyalty points, just like you're going to want to buy that Apple computer back in the day because they were giving you extra points. It's like sweeping, you know, your crypto dust, like, you know, Binance does on their exchange. You could take your crypto dust and turn it into BNB coin. I've got so many loyalty programs I've been a part of that, you know, I don't have enough points to turn it into something on that platform. In fact, Travis, I think we inter- we interviewed uh, more than a year ago. I think it was Gatcoin 
was one of the ones that was coming up with a way to sweep loyalty points together um, into one app so you can swap out your unwanted you know points for uh, for something that you did want so are you familiar with that one as well Donnie oh yeah yeah that was the global awards token right I have to add that to my sheet. See, there's well, one I, that I we just discovered. I'm not sure if they made it or not. I know they did a, a pretty significant ICO, but I'm not sure if, you know, so my apologies to Gat if you guys are doing well. I just, I'm not aware of where they are now, but. Their website looks great. <laughs> there you go. Well, that, that, you know, if you've got a website in crypto, clearly you're legit. So, <laughs> you know. And Travis, I even saw today that uh, BitConnect.io is going to be launching their second, you know, uh, version here pretty soon, and they've oh got a website. Gosh. So it must so excited! Be, I'm so excited about it. It must be real. Uh, let's talk about one other um, a piece of blockchain martech here, Donnie. Before we uh, we call it a day, and that is a predictive markets. I ran across a project very early on in my crypto journey. It was still in its infancy called Gnosis, as spelled G-N-O-S-I-S. .io is the website. And it's all about using their platform for customized forecasting applications. And they even came up with a new asset class, the conditional token. So what is this all about and how can this transform and disrupt uh, predictive markets? Yeah. So there, there's like three you know, bigger projects in the space. You mentioned Gnosis. The other one's Augur. The other one's Endor. And what you have the ability to do is pose a question. So who will win the next election? And then people can put their money where their mouth is. They can actually use cryptocurrency to say, I think, you know, the answer is A versus B. So from a marketing perspective, you're about to launch a new product. Let's say you're Ben and Jerry's and you want to do a new flavor of ice cream or whatever it is. Imagine being, being able to put it out to consumers and have them vote. And then the ones, you know, you're not just voting with, with, with your hands, you're actually voting where you're know, putting your money where your mouth is. And this actually creates, you know, a prediction market. So it really changes, um, you know, market research in, in, in this area. And I think that we're just at the very beginning of seeing other applications of, across the board. You know, I would love to see how polling organizations, especially those that then put out news, right to the mainstream media would change how they poll if they knew that they would get paid or not paid based on the accuracy rather than based on you know the entertainment value or putting out what they want to say you know that could that could help eliminate fake news if there was actually real reward for accuracy in polling That's right. well joel i don't know there's a 98.4 percent that hillary's going to win the election joel <laughs> <laughs> that's not true they literally said that up until the point of the of the election. That's how bad polling is. So I love the idea of actually having polling on the blockchain that can't be manipulated. But I really want voting on the blockchain. That's what we really need. Yeah, can you can you fix that, Donnie? I mean, we know we have the the tools out there, but if you could just make that happen, that'd be great. Yeah, make that happen for twenty twenty. Yeah. That'd be good. Well, I, I've seen some really interesting ones as as far as voting, where you know you don't just vote for one person. Where let's say you know the the presidential election that there's you know, five people running across different parties and you'd have, everybody would have like, let's say, let's call it a hundred tokens. And you could say, you know what, I'm going to put 50 here, 30 here, 20 here and 10 there. If that adds up to a hundred. And that's actually like almost a fairer way to, to do it. You're not just putting it all on one. Mm. And there was a podcast, another one that I listened to, I think it was like Laura Shin Unchained. Mm. And she had somebody who had done that model 
and and the results are, are actually very different. And you know, they had data to back up that's a little fairer way to do it too. It's called ranked voting. Yeah, it's, it's a it describes certain voting systems in which the voters rank outcomes in a hierarchy. So, like say for example, like whenever I voted in 2016, I voted for Gary Johnson. I, I, I all my votes were for him. So if Gary Johnson doesn't win, then they say, okay, well, who was your number two pick? And then, you know, um, then your votes would go to the number two pick. If that person, you know, is, 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 is still in it, then your vote goes there. If not, then it, the vote would move down to your third pick. And uh, then it would get all the way down, all the way down to the bottom where I would have had Hillary. <laughs> kind of reminds me of uh, the way that, you know, you, it's almost like the roulette table, right? You know, you, okay, the odds of uh, even or odd, you know, almost two to one. So you, you drop uh, some coins there, but then you could play like, you know, the, the the zero or the double zero, or you can play a column and you're spreading out your, your bets and it gives a better indicator of, you know, what your, what the vibe is for you. Okay, maybe not a great at all. I don't know if that's the case. It's not because it have been like, okay, so it wasn't on one, so then that would be – they would move all your chips over to zero then or whatever, your next pick. So not kind of like that, but I guess you kind of able to divide your, your votes up, but you just number them and say, I want this one number one, this one number two, this one number three. And if your number one doesn't get it, then all your, your vote moves down to number two. Number two doesn't get it, and your vote moves down to number three until that person is actually the winner. Yeah, and the winner like, of like more like a waterfall, uh, you know, versus like splitting up your your batch of tokens. Well, I'm just going to take the award for worst analogy in this episode. Then, thank you very much. That was good. That's good. I'd like to thank the Academy for uh, for this award. <laughs> you got a good streak going. It's very humbling. And appreciate <laughs> that. Well, Donnie, we appreciate your uh, your input and wisdom here. The website is never stop marketing dot com, and I can't wait to see the 2020 report is it quarter one every year that you release these so the next one will be we're aiming for august 15th also my birthday so you'll hey. see it uh later this summer we do it every six months and uh i've been i've been keeping track of it um and so yeah we're, we're excited to launch that happy birthday in august <laughs> thanks my birthday was just a couple of days ago happy birthday to you i am really old now but not as old as mr joe Com. No, my and my birthday was a, a few weeks before that. So you know, and 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 somebody out there, you're listening right now. It's your birthday today. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! You know what, Mr. Joe Con, for both of us being Tauruses, we get along pretty well. And yeah, we're both full of bull. That's true. That's right, true. there's that. Hey, Donnie, thanks, thanks again for uh, sharing with us today. You guys go check out Donnie's stuff at uh, NeverStopMarketing.com, and of course the links to uh, sites mentioned here, and especially the Blockchain Marketing Tech Landscape Report. You want to go check that out on his website as well. The links are in the show notes at Badco.in forward slash two six nine. Thanks, Donnie. Thank you so much for having me on. Great to catch up with Donnie, and as you said prior to the interview, it was good to see Jeremy again at Consensus, and we did run into a lot of people at Consensus. We ran into a lot of fans, and we made a bunch of new fans and maybe alienated some existing fans. I don't know. That that can happen, too. I don't think that we did that there, but uh, maybe in previous episodes, we probably have. (laughs) I don't think so, and I don't think so, and the consensus because we were boxed in our own little glass cage. Yeah, so we spent a few hours in the podcast booth they had set up right outside the main hall at Consensus. I believe this year they had over five thousand people, somewhere between five thousand and six thousand 
people. And this podcast booth, we did, I want to say six interviews in this booth, um, several of which you will hear in the next episode, uh, which is going to be badco.in forward slash 270. And uh, that'll that'll be the next show to come out. And then a couple others for episodes still to come in the future. And, you know, we actually had some great conversations, Mr. Joe Com. I mean, I think that the, all the people that we interviewed were really fascinating. And I think that our audience, whenever they listen to ARC, when we go over that one, I don't know that episode that's going to be in. But um, that was fascinating. It was just an interesting ecosystem yeah. that, I, that, I, that we had never heard of before, which was I'm super hot about ARC as well. I, I dig it. it. There's a lot of great content coming your way. And, and I think, Travis, it was really fortunate that, you know, this year the crypto bump happened while consensus was going on. In fact, we saw Bitcoin rise to, what, 83, 8400? Something like that, yeah. That's pretty sexy. That was pretty sexy. Now I think it's back down to 7,200. So maybe it was just a consensus bump. But you know what? It was nice. It, it, it um, You could really see people smiling and happy and optimistic. And I think that last year they had 8,500 people come to consensus. This year there was about five, 6,000 people. So apparently listening to people from last year and this year, there's a lot more elbow room, a lot more, you know, uh, a lot more space to navigate. However, it seemed as if there were a lot more suits and more business people there wanting to get business done and less people with, with T-shirts and Lambos who were just, you know, riding, riding the price of Bitcoin. Because what we've seen happen over this last year is a lot of people building pretty amazing things and put their heads down and, and working on delivering what they had promised de- during their ICO or during their fundraise. And a lot of projects now are starting to deliver some of them are falling off the wayside, right? That's just the nature of startups. Doesn't mean they were a scam or they had ill intentions. It just means the nature of startups is that, you know, one out of 10 succeed and nine out of 10 fail is pretty much the numbers. Uh, and But we're starting to see more and more companies delivering on their blockchain promises now. Well, let's go ahead and timestamp this. It is Saturday evening when we are recording this episode for Sunday release, 7 o'clock mm-hmm. on the East Coast. The crypto market cap just at, uh, around $229 billion. Bitcoin, 7271. Ethereum, which hit as high as, I want to say, 260 at 235, went on a great run. Ripple finally came alive. It's at 37 cents now, but I think it went as high as 43. EOS hit about 650. It's at 590 right now. Light Coin was back over 100. It's at 87. The Binance coin is still in the, the green, uh, $28 right now. And Stellar got up to, I think, 14 cents, and it's in around 13 right now. So initially, Bitcoin was the one taking the run, and then the alts started following suit. I mean, we were talking about, oh my gosh, is it going to break? Is it going to break 200 billion? And Mr. Joe Comp, now it's 230 billion. I and mean, that's after the pullback. Yeah, and that's after the pullback with Bitcoin sitting at seven seventy three hundred ish, right? So that's a good sign. You know, this thing keeps rising and keeps moving forward. We're going to actually get back up to the price of where the crypto market was in Thanksgiving two thousand seventeen when it was you know two hundred and fifty billion. So that's great. And I also got my voice back. Which yeah, when you guys hear the interviews that Travis and I did, um, his his voice definitely got trashed later on. In the event, it's because you're so loud, Miss Travis, right? Well, it's not only that. It's like we're in loud environments, too, and talking to people. And You know, most days I don't spend my whole day talking and talking and talking. When you go to these events, by day three, 
of talking, 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 and then the loud nights and the drinking and the talking loud over the music. And this is by like by day three, normally the time of these events, my voice starts getting a little torched. We're going to need to ensure your voice. All in all, Consensus was a great event. We've got a lot of follow-up to do, Mr. Travis Wright, and you guys can watch for our initial interviews in the next episode, BCP number 270. But guess who's back in the news? Um, John McAfee? That's right. It's time once again for our John McAfee Tweet of the Week. What is that rascal up to now? Well, this just took place on May 16th, 12.59 p.m. on the Twitters. and On my birthday. That's right. Hey, by the way, happy birthday, Mr. Travis, right? Thank you. I had a birthday. You're older now. I am. That's Can't true. None of the wiser stuff, though. None of that wiser stuff. <laughs> You're bud wiser. That's true. <laughs> or smoking buds make you wiser. <laughs> Actually, I had a chance to go to the Kansas City Royals game with my sister, who's actually a doctor who lives in Houston. She was up She was up in uh, the area because, fortunately, we had my dad's funeral this weekend, actually yesterday. Luckily, not on my birthday, yeah. which is good. Yeah. And uh, so my sister and I went to the game, had a great time. She'd never been to a Royals game, and uh, the Royals lost, I believe, 15 to 1. So that was mm-hmm. awesome. Well, I know I speak on behalf of the whole Republic of Bad Cryptopia when I issue condolences on the loss of your father. And I'm sure your eulogy was both touching and hilarious. I did have some jokes in there. I, you know what? Somebody came, somebody came up to me and said, that was the funniest funeral speech I have ever heard. So that was yeah. Good. Well, let's take a look at this uh, John McAfee tweet here. What he said on your birthday, this is his present to you, is developing events have made it necessary for John McAfee to go dark. Please be advised that this account will be operated by staff until further notice. More details will be released in time. Uh-oh. So does that, go yeah, dark. Does that mean- was he running? Was he running from the man? Well, he he followed up on May seventeenth with another tweet. Those who read "Go Dark" as incarcerated shouldn't play lotto this week. Here's official McAfee and the Mrs. McAfee safe and sound in their new backyard, as defiant, joyful, and free as ever. Stay tuned, and it's got photos of uh, him and his bride together, smiling and laughing. Mm-hmm. Janice McAfee, great person. We've uh. I've actually had a chance to meet her a couple of times at the Coins Bank cruise, and then she's always been a big fan of the show. She's actually in the Mastermind group and has always helped us wrangle Mr. John McAfee during those double zero episodes that we have, 100 and 200. He was on the show. Hopefully, he will not be in the dark uh, for episode 300, and we'll be back again. Yeah, if he's not around for episode 300, I say we skip episode number 300. We go from 299 to 301, and when he can do it, We'll we'll do episode three hundred. It's like you know we'll retire his number. We can't do that. We can we do, we can that? do whatever we want. It's our show. Oh, that's true. And you're Mr. Joe Common. You do what and, you want. And we are the baddest of bad. And we're glad that everybody out there listening is listening. Those of you that aren't listening, we're not glad about that. And you should listen and maybe convert a friend to the Bad Crypto Podcast by subscribing, following, and sharing this show on any of the platforms that you might listen on. Mr. John McAfee said, listen to these two badasses. He called us badasses. He's never seen my ass. I don't know, you know, where he gets off calling my ass bad. No, he was just saying that we are badasses. 
And we should maybe think about changing the show to the Badass Crypto Podcast. Well, you know, the people out there that are talking about bad coin are bad aceters. That is true. We are, we uh, we have some bad aceters out there. You know, what's cool is during the uh, consensus, we had over 400 concurrent miners now mining bad coin. So if you want to check out, if you have like a PC or a Mac or regular computer, or even if you have, you know, some GPUs or old ASIC miners or whatever, and you want to mine bad coin, go to badcoin.net, check it out. Our goal is by consensus two years from now to see if we can get up to 100,000 miners Here's what was, around the this world. This was really funny That'd because be awesome. we told a lot of people, you know, that asked us about bad coin at consensus. And it'd always be like, so we've got our own coin and they'd kind of, mm-hmm, you know, it's called bad coin. And they'd be like, mm-hmm. And you can mine it with bad computers. And they'd be like, uh-huh. And then we tell them we have 400 concurrent miners. And they'd be like, Really? You know, that's where they got their attention that, hey, this is really, you know, a thing that's happening and people are really pulling rewards. And of course, you can go to badcoin.net and learn all about it if you want to mine the coin yourself. And Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yes, I did. Mm -hmm. You know, it's cool. So people people actually once they realize that, no, it's not a joke. We have created a coin that anyone can mine. We want a lot of people to be able to mine it around the world. And, you know, it's because the way that it's set up is that, you know, if you're mining with these really powerful computers, then you're going to be connecting to one of these other more powerful algorithms. And those algorithms have a very steep difficulty to be able to mine the block and the reward is lower. But if you're using your MacBook or your PC, then you're connecting to the script algorithm where the difficulty of mining that that block is much easier. And uh, the reward is higher. So that's how we're trying to set it up. And over time, we will continue to to make it even better for the folks who are using PCs and Macs. That is the goal. Badcoin is crypto for everyone. It's the people's crypto. The code is open source and you guys can go check it out and fork it and do whatever you want to do with it. And uh, we'll be happy to see this baby released unto the world to serve all the people's of the world. Did you tell people to fork, go fork themselves? Is that what you said? I said they could fork the code. Oh, fork the code. Gotcha, gotcha. I wouldn't do that. What I might I tell them to nice. do is to stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.